Than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this tuesday takes on takes edition of the show kyle welcome thank you joe uh we have some breaking news right off the top of the show holy smokes what is it uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has released the semifinalists, oh. the, the 25 modern era semifinalists for the class of 2020. We get 10 of these 25 are going to get in. Okay, well, uh, I have the link here. I should click on it. Do you want the what? names? Uh, sure. How many get in? 10. Or, this is that one random year that they're doing yes. 10, right? It's because it's the 100th year of of right. NFL. So big catch up opportunity. Yes. Right. Kind of get rid of some of the, the stack names here. We have Steve Atwater, Carl Banks, Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli, Isaac Bruce, Leroy Butler, Alan Fanica, Tory Holt, Steve Hutchinson, Edge James, John Lynch, Clay Matthews, Sam Mills, Troy Palomalu, Simeon Rice, Richard Seymour, Steve Tasker, Fred Taylor, Zach Thomas, Heinz Ward, Ricky Waters, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson, and Bryant Young. What if I told you we don't need to anoint 10 of these players? <laughs> uh, so there's my first takeaway. Um, All right. Who, who are your locks? Who's your locks? Oh, this is my, my take. This, this is my take. We're going to go take right away. Who's your, so, take? Who's your, who's your locks? Okay. This will be as many as I choose. It won't be. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Here we go. Locks. The guys that I think should be locks. John Lynch. Okay. Rondé Barber. Okay. Zach Thomas. Thank you. Sam Mills. Okay. Alan Fanica. Okay. Tony Baselli. Okay. Tori Holt. Okay. You're, you got three more slots and you're at 10. Okay. Isaac Bruce. Okay. Troy Palomalu. Thank you. That's it. You don't think Reggie or P will? Not first ballot. No. Okay. So so we will have one spot if anybody gets the votes. Yeah, but it won't be it won't be what I just said. Are you kidding? No. It should be. So you like the you like my list. Mm-hmm. I think it's rock solid. Yeah, I mean you got you got it's time for that. Rams early 2000 offense to get all their guys in. Yes. Like, you know I mean? That let's, was historic. Let's, let's put them all in. Yeah. And also come on, Rondé Barber. What are we even doing? Re- reinvent. They invented the nickel position. I think Troy Palomalu is a slam dunk too. Yeah. I was surprised I, I, he was late on your, your well, call out. That's because the list that I have, I don't know what order it's in. I just went bottom up and they had the oh, first year eligible guys at the top. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, okay. So there's something cool happening with our friends at my bookie. Uh, if you've bet there before, if you want to bet, if you're thinking about it, this is the time to get in the action for this week. Only my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the bears lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats, you've got some extra holiday spending money. 
If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all your money back. It's a mm. no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. So, Kyle, I need to know who you want to take in this game. I'll give you a second here. Want to tell our friends a little bit more about our friends at MyBookie. It doesn't matter if you've uh, if you've bet before, you're an experienced player, or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around. Sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join now, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code locked on and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll and that is on top of the risk free bet let me repeat that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk free bet for this week only so if you're a true football fan you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by you simply can't lose do your part to support your team this season hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie you play you win you get paid Kyle, who are we betting on? I'm Bears. putting the full. Oh, me too. I'm putting the full 250 in. So you're all in. Going I'm on all in. Free Go money Bears. Thursday, brother. It's free money no matter what. They pay me back if I get it wrong. Right. That's what I mean. It makes yeah. it free money. I'm all in. I'm all in on the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Good. Glad we're on the same page there. All right. Takes on takes, shall we? Yeah. Let's uh, let's dig in. We got a lot. Do we? It's like 11 or 12. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want you want the first one or no? Um. Yeah, I'll take the first one. Give it to me. From Michael Christopher Herbert, Justin Herbert will go in the top eight of this draft because so many teams need quarterbacks. He lists the Lions, Bucks, Dolphins, Chargers, Bengals, and the Falcons and Broncos as wild cards because his traits are going to be like Josh Allen, big time size and arm, which trumps many things. Yeah, I mean, that that was one of the takeaways that I had before the season is from a raw physical skill set. Josh Allen has similar arm strength, and I think Justin Herbert uh, has some comparable athleticism. I don't think he's as natural of a runner, uh, but he is prototypical size, rocket arm. Uh, Joe, you saw that Oregon lost this past weekend, right? I sure did. So they're not making the college football playoff. So at this point, like I've started watching tape on Herbert for a final evaluation. I'm planning on finishing that, that one this week because we still need to see a potential PAC 12 championship game. But other than that, we've seen a lot of what's going to be really valuable. I was really hoping to get Herbert versus an LSU or an Ohio state. We're not going to get it. So I've started that process and, uh, the arm is explosive. And I think this is a pretty good take, take whether or not it's somebody who's organically in the top eight or somebody who trades up into the top eight. If Josh Allen goes at seven, I think Herbert uh, is not as good off script, but I think he's got similar tools. And I think in structure, he's a little better than what Josh was coming out of uh, Wyoming. So I think this is a good take. Yeah, I also think that it, we have to be careful to say that just size and arm talent doesn't make you a top 10 pick. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, the number one pick not is not going to have either one of those things. <laughs> so there's more to it. But that's because he's elite elsewhere. But I yeah, do think yeah. team teams will see the jump in completion percentage. And yeah, no, the, the good with Herbert is really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I want to see him against Utah. I'm looking forward to that game as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, take from Cameron Spencer. How many takes we get from Cameron this week? We several. We had to pick the best one. And this is there. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. Although the most frequent comparison for Jerry Judy to this point has been Odell Beckham. A better comp is actually Mari Cooper. Both are agile above average athletes and elite route runners with low key drop concerns. Yeah, I like it. I like that a lot, Kyle. I think that I think um, maybe people wanted that OBJ thing a little too much and forced it, but I think Cameron's kind of taking a level-headed look at this thing and say, yeah, there's more similarities between Coop and uh, and Jerry Judy than OBJ. And I think he's right about the the low-key drop concerns. I'm not like overly concerned there, but it is something that pops up from time to time. And they're not elite, elite, elite athletes. They're great athletes, but you know, not not quite the you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird when like Ruggs is gonna run like four two something and Judy's going to run mid to high four fours and, and everyone's going to be like, wow, Judy's yeah. slow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like this one camera. I'm on board. Uh, Von Tell, uh, This is interesting. This is um, a great take. I love this. Always. Von Tell always gives us something great. Say you're a high school football recruit and these schools only offer you a scholarship. TCU, Arizona state, Cal Berkeley, and Iowa. How would you rank in terms of preference involving weather environment and other off the field stuff? I think you put off the field, on the field, and situation in the program altogether. And I think there is a clear-cut number one choice here. I agree with you. I don't know if we're going to agree on the same team, though. Okay. Before we reel that, I I need to tell you my mentality with this, because I've thought about this a lot. Okay. Okay. I have to take this under the assumption that I'm an elite high school recruit. Right. You know, like, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to be a starter Almost immediately. The guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so now that we've established that. We're going to count count to three, and we're both going to say our school. Yep. Okay. It's on the E, pause, and say it. The E and three, pause, and say it. Okay. One, two, three. Iowa. Arizona State. What an idiot. Iowa. You're going to go play at Iowa? Yeah. 100%. Why? Why? Because I feel like it's the best opportunity for me to uh, play against good competition in the Big Ten and go into the NFL. My goal, if I'm an elite high school recruit, is to go to the NFL and be as high of a pick as possible. And I think Iowa presents me the best opportunity to do that, Do that, whether it's on offense or defense, because of the opponents I'm going to be facing in the Big Ten. You know, This is so stereotypical of both of us. You want to talk about wonderful weather and all of the intangibles of Arizona State. Yeah, I do. You want to drink trash can? You want to do the Sam Darnold thing after wins, you know? I want to get fucked up. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Why was that a story? I want to go be the guy. That was so dumb, the fact that, like, yeah, yeah. I I wonder how many other NFL players do that on a weekly. Like, Chris Chris Johnson was just on with uh, Bleacher Report, uh, like, last month talking about how they went down and played a game in Miami. I'm pretty sure they lost the game. And then Chris Johnson and like four other Tennessee Titans asked Steve Fisher, Hey, can we stay an extra night and go out Miami tonight? And Steve Fisher said, yes, but be on time for meetings tomorrow morning. And like somebody missed their flight. They all got fined like $50,000. I guarantee that one wasn't on the tabloids. Yeah. Weird. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, So, 
Ready for the next one? Or do you want to hear why Arizona State? Yeah, I want to hear more. Okay, so, I mean, he said weather. That area of the country versus what I have to deal with, and especially versus Iowa, I can't imagine going to school in the Midwest and getting dumped on with snow all the time. I've been to Iowa, Joe. You been to Iowa? No, I've been to Buffalo. I've been to oh, freaking Indiana. I thought I was going to die at the combine. I'm greatly concerned about the weather. Greatly so I, fl- I flew into Des Moines to go to Iowa, Michigan back in 2017. And, or 2016, whichever one it was where Michigan was top four team and lost in November. And I drove from Des Moines to Iowa City, which is about mm, two hours. There's nothing there. Yeah. Joe, listen to me. Do you think there, I care about that, though? There's nothing there at all. I, I don't care. Okay. So Arizona State, also been there. Love the environment. I love the facilities that they have. I love the weather. It's a really fun place. Tempe is popping. Um, and I, I, I think they've got great uniform swag. Like these are the things that all matter to me. I want to go to the Pac-12, play some fast style offense. If I'm an offensive player, if I'm a defensive guy, I can be one of the rare guys. If I'm a blue chip recruit that goes and plays defense in the Pac-12, plus I want to go play for Herm. Out of all of these coaches, I want to go play for Herm. That's what makes Arizona State number two for me. Herm, TCU three, Cal four. Yeah, Cal's pretty. Cal was I, I last on my. You imagine me in the classroom at Cal. Whoa. No. <laughs> Listen, you'd be showing up to a lecture hall 5c thinking that it's tuesday and it's actually yeah, monday yeah. wouldn't be good yeah. wouldn't be a good situation for no. me it's iowa arizona state tcu cal uh arizona state tcu to play with gary iowa three cal four dennis irrespective of which team will receive the fourth playoff spot, this year's playoff field will be far more competitive than 2018. Georgia, Utah, Oklahoma, and Alabama are better programs than Notre Dame last year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, Clemson just totally didn't even care about playing Notre Dame. They got through the game, and they were already preparing for Alabama. So I think that's a good take. We'll have a very competitive field. I want Ohio State, LSU at some point, but um, I need it. Yeah, need yeah, it. but I mean, even if it's if it's Clemson versus any one of those other teams, it's more compelling than Clemson versus Notre Dame. Uh, next one comes. Oh, you're getting this. All right, uh, you fine. you take it. You take it. I'll take the next one. Okay. The Buffalo Bills will waste a historically good defense with Josh Allen on the other side of the ball. Comes from Hater, uh, three and eight. So whatever team he likes is three and eight. Um, I, I, I'm fine with your doubts of Josh Allen uh, as an NFL quarterback, at, well, at least as a top flight NFL quarterback as, as a dude, right? Like a, a real difference maker. You're going to be in a, in a really good football team every single year because Josh Allen's your quarterback. If you want to be hesitant about that, fine. I, I'm not going to fight you there, but this is not the time to dunk on Josh Allen takes it, it, The bills are eight and three. Josh Allen's had multiple touchdowns in the last seven games. The only quarterback in the NFL or player in the NFL that's had multiple touchdowns in the last seven games. He's had 14 touchdowns and two interceptions since week four. It's just it's just not the time to dunk on your Josh Allen takes. So it, we'll, we'll learn a lot about Josh over the next four weeks against good defenses and bigger tests ahead. But, I mean, I think I think Josh Allen is as much responsible for this team 
being eight and three as the defense is. All right. So Zach Pratt says the Detroit Lions will trade up into the first round, the end of the first round, likely with the pick starved 49ers to draft Jacob Eason as the heir apparent to Matthew Stafford. Well, based on the way the last month has gone for Jacob Eason, I have a hard time seeing Jacob Eason in that stratosphere. I think the comp makes sense. I think the skill set is great, but Jacob's really struggled over the last three or four weeks. November, I mean, we we opened November. I was willing to put Eason at QB3. And the week since has been a significant struggle. He's got another year of eligibility left. I don't think this is a sure thing, but I know there will be teams uh, who like to push the ball down the field who are going to like Jacob Eason as a player. It's just, is a team going to give up extra assets to go up and get a guy who's making some of the mistakes that he continues to make? Agreed. Uh, v, Joe Burrow equals a mobile Tom Brady. Can't I can't. I can't do that. I can't say that, right? Like I I see why you want to go there. I love the football intelligence from Joe Burrow. I love that neither one of them are laser rocket arm type quarterbacks, but we we just don't do this, right? We just don't compare quarterbacks to Tom Brady. We don't compare pass rushers to Lawrence Taylor. We don't compare running backs to, to Barry Sanders and yeah, it's just we just don't do that, you know? So how, how many comparisons have you ever given to Hall of Fame football player? Uh, we did. We, we both did Cortland Sutton to T.O. <laughs> we did. That's looking that okay it. right now. Yeah, it's no, okay I, right we, we both had that revelation when we watched his tape, and they just look the same when they play. It's a stylistic comp anyways, but. I had uh, Brian Burns to Jason Taylor as well. <sighs> okay. I don't remember off the top of my head. It's it's very, very few. Very few. I don't know. I just, I, just, I couldn't do it. I, Tony Tony Romo is the comp that you you and I talk comps with with each other with Burrow and you came up with Romo and I love it and I've seen it pop up a few times since we've had that conversation mm-hmm. but that's to me that's where I like uh, the football intelligence the mobility arm strength I mean the way they look when they play uh, to me the, let's go Romo here let's let's not do this Tom Brady thing uh, David Bowen uh, from yeah, uh, from, from Wales, Kyle. Look at this. David Bowen, our friend That's from a Wales. great take. Uh, Miami, the Dolphins, to take Chase Young at three and trade up for Tua. Oh, listen. If Miami wants Chase Young, they're going to have to get him at two. Because whether it's Washington or New York, whoever's in that two hole, if they're picking two, they're taking Chase Young. But Did I wrote I... A- yeah, did I see that Miami's at four now, right? No, Miami's at three because Washington won. Miami's been at four for the last three oh, weeks. Okay, okay and Washington's just, win. And then, okay. then Washington just won and ruined all it right. for themselves. All right, all right, all right, gotcha. I wrote about this today, Joe. Literally wrote about this today for TDN. And I said, hear me out. Dolphins pick Chase Young at two, hypothetically, if Cincinnati drafts Joe Burrow. And then they take... The same exact approach the Buffalo Bills used to move from 21 to 7 to draft Josh Allen. And they do the exact same blueprint and go up and get two in, in the middle of the top 10. Who is your Cordy Glenn in that situation? An ex, it's going to be an extra second round pick. Okay. Because the, the Cordy Glenn, according to the pick uh, value chart, 
uh, was valued at approximately 400 points, which would be approximately the 50th overall pick in the NFL draft. How do you, how do you get that? I, I've never seen that before. How do you find a pick value for a player? So you take the pick value of all of the picks involved, mm-hmm. and then the difference is what you attribute to the player. So it was like... Uh, okay, so you just assigned the difference between 12 and 21 to yep. Cordy Glenn. Oh, yep. that's very interesting. Okay, cool. I like it. So it was Cordy Glenn, a first-round pick, and a fifth-round pick for... And the first round pick was 21 for 12 and a sixth round pick. So that moved him up nine spots, a pick swap in day three and Cordy Glenn. So for Miami, that's a second round pick. And then from 12 to five or six or seven, if they pull that off, they still have three first round picks. They have two first round picks next year. They still have two second round picks. Um, or they have a, fr- a second round pick this year and two second round picks next year. You know what I mean? It's like they have so much ammunition, they could very easily replicate this and not compromise that third first round pick. And then they could turn around and trade back with that if they wanted to and replace all the capital. Kind of kind of what's on my head when I hear you talk about this is that what makes me encouraged by this conversation from a Miami perspective is that Brian Flores has showed us a lot this year about him as a coach. Mm-hmm. And maybe you feel like he makes up some of the difference there where you maybe don't have the preferred guy you envision for every role, but because you have a coach like Flores, who I think is going to be a good developer and teacher and get a lot out of players that maybe people don't think much of, that that's going to help you overcome maybe some of the capital you you may need to lose to go get a couple of elite talents. But right. you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that the two and eight – record for Miami this year is gonna really get people excited about Brian Flores but if you watch his team play if you see how he's using personnel if you see how he's getting production out of talent uh, talent lacking players that nobody else would want then you should be very excited about Brian Flores as a coach yep and that's exactly where I'm at so that's you know I've even warmed to the idea of if Miami elects to avoid the injury questions with Tua like some of the other quarterback opportunities that are out there, seeing how Miami has developed players mm-hmm. like Nick Needham at corner and Vince Beagle at edge, who was on his third team in three years. And it has like 15 or 16 quarterback hits so far this season. A very productive player. Seeing what Jerome Baker looks like coming into his own. Preston Williams, Devontae Parker's turned the light on for them. Yeah. Now we hadn't seen Devontae like this in a long time. No, so Ever. not yeah. since Louisville, not yeah. since Louisville. So right. seeing the amount of players that have really resonated, it's made me more receptive to alternate realities for Miami that, you know, Jordan Love is not a name that's really interesting with, with a later pick if, if the Dolphins choose to go a different direction. Uh, and it's an exciting time to be a Miami fan seeing what player development looks like because for so long Miami has just tried to buy finished products. Yeah. Even Taco Charlton was another yes. name worth, worth con- this conversation. So, yep. Okay. But Charles so have- Harris, Charles Harris cannot be fixed. That's nope. what we, <laughs> it's unfixable. Imagine being <laughs> surprised. Right, we, at that. Too many positive Miami takes there. We had to get some shade at the end, you know, take from Nolan. I am convinced that in an alternate reality, Joe would be a famous musician. The improv of Georgia, along with the melody, accompanied with the family history of the Kool-Aid song. He would be a Thomas Rhett in this reality. Glad you get this. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's time for us to sing the Kool-Aid song. Yes! 
<laughs> You've heard it before, I think. No. No, you have. And and I think the um the author of this song is my brother Frank. I don't take credit for writing this, but this was a song that uh we sang uh, as kids <laughs> in my house. My brother my brother's 7 years older than me, my sister's 6 years older than me, and then there's me. And then I have a younger brother who's 7 years younger than me. But the 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 trio of my older brother, my older sister, this is the Kool-Aid song. Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, tastes great. Wish I can have some. Can't wait. That's it. That's the whole thing. I promise you I've never heard that before in my life, and I'm so thankful that I have. Yep, there it is. Uh, And then can we also uh, revisit the Georgia thing? I was right about that. You were right about that, yes. (laughs) Ray Ray Charles, brother, Georgia. Uh, So maybe tomorrow when we pick Georgia, Georgia Tech for picks against the spread, I will break out the Georgia song. But yeah, low-key, I think I've always wanted to be a good singer, and I'm not a good singer. Uh, I can play instruments, but I, if I would trade every instrument I can play for sing. yeah, a good singing voice, really, I, I, I think people that can sing, man, what a cool characteristic you have, you know, music is a moving thing. You know, it's like, it's very powerful and you can deliver songs, do it well. I mean, that's really impressive, but it's, it's not a skill a I have. that has avoided both of us. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I can, I can play drums and bass and guitar. So that I have that at least, but I trade it all for the, the ability to sing well. That doesn't mean I don't try. Give me a karaoke. I will uh, I will try. All right. Uh, so you get the next one here. Dominic Manzella uh, says, if the Giants had more creative play calling and didn't exclusively run Saquon Barkley up the middle into an unfavorable box, you would be unquestionably the best back in the league. Well, he's the most talented back in the league. And uh, this this has not aged well for New York as far as electing to take a running back with the number two overall pick because right now it doesn't look like they don't have the first idea on how to use them. And I understand Saquon right now is playing through the lingering issues of stemming from the high ankle sprain that he suffered earlier this season. And the offensive line is, is struggling, but at the same time, it's weird to me, Joe, because I think they're, they have a better threat to move the ball through the air with Daniel Jones. I think he, he's a little bit more aggressive than what Eli is. He's got a stronger arm than Eli did, uh, at least in this point in Eli's career. You would think that would pay dividends to create some space. And the fact that it doesn't, and with any time I see the Giants play, it's like, holy shit, you are literally just trying to run Saquon in the A-gap. That's all you're trying to do. Yeah. So He's, he's still one of the best backs in the league. You know, I know that it's shifted to like a McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, even Josh Jacobs is having a great year. Like the discussion is different, but it doesn't change anything about Saquon, man. That dude's great. He's in year two. He had a phenomenal year last year. He's still, I think, the most physically talented running back and blend of skills in the NFL. He'll be fine. But the Giants got to get their stuff together as far as usage for him. We talked about this last week. Why are the Giants so averse to throwing the ball to Saquon Barkley? Don't know. Schumer, gone. Get him out. Let's uh, let's get these. I mean, they're going to have a really nice opportunity to add David a wide Cutcliffe. receiver. Why? Why'd you say that? No, just because the Giants were all about the David Cutcliffe thing. With <laughs> I've never heard that until this moment, or thought about it until this moment, and now you've got my head in a tailspin. Oh, you're 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 really thinking about it, huh? I re- I think a lot of David Cutcliffe. Um, I think he's really happy at Duke. I mean, he's turned down bigger chances, but the NFL is different. 
I bet you David Cutcliffe would be well respected in NFL locker rooms. He's a good football go. coach. There you go. Just open Pandora's box. Jesus, man. Thanks for ruining the rest of my day. Can't wait. Can't wait to get the phone call from this at six o'clock tonight while you're sitting and sitting on your couch <laughs> thinking about David Cutcliffe. Last take of the day from Ethan. Jacob Eason or Jordan Love would have a better career after sitting behind Jacoby Brissett with the Colts than Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow going to a dysfunctional hellhole. You're going to have to define what a what teams qualify as a dysfunctional hellhole here. Bengals, that's what he's saying, the Bengals. So Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati is better for no, – it, 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 is it's worse, worse than Eason Love – going to the Colts and sitting behind Brissett for at least a year. Um, I think we've seen situations like this where perceived dysfunctional franchises get a quarterback and it changes things. Uh, you know, Eli Manning didn't want to go to the chargers, but Philip rivers went there and had a lot of success. And you know, I mean, I don't. I, I think that Joe. I, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask. I see what you're coming from, and and I, I think a lot about Josh Rosen in this conversation with what he did, well, went through with Arizona, and now um, Miami, and and now Miami. Um, <laughs> well, it's. I don't think it's fair. You know, I just don't. But it's it's not. You can't judge him at this yeah, point. But, but it's, it's something. You, yeah, it's, he's going gonna be the poster boy for this conversation, though, right? Yeah. Yep. <sighs> I don't know. I think there's a I think there's a there's a big enough difference to me in career trajectory based on what I think they're going to be in the NFL when I think about Joe Burrow versus Easton and Love that makes me comfortable with Burrow anywhere. And I want that roster to get better in Cincy. They've had good rosters in the past, but I'm glad it's Cincy and not Washington. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, that stuff matters, right? It, all of it matters, but I think there's enough in Joe Burrow to be confident that he's going to be just fine in Cincinnati. Okay, so the biggest takeaway of today's show is the lyrics to the Kool-Aid song go, Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, tastes great. Wish I could have some. Wish I could have some, can't wait. Yep. Done. We're getting Kool-Aid next time I see you. Lock it in. <laughs> Thanks for listening. As Joe said, tomorrow is going to be picks against the spread for us because we're off on Thursday because of a little holiday called Thanksgiving, which I don't know about Joe, but I plan on being in a food coma by 1230 in the afternoon yeah. for the rest Tur- of the day. I hope so. I hope you get some. I hope you eat something, man. Yeah. And then I'll wake up at eight o'clock and grind some tape and burn off all that energy. So that's that's my game plan. Um But come back tomorrow for picks against the spread. We're going to go through uh, all of the top 25 teams. Joe, it's our last full week. Yeah. That's it. I mean, we had the same record. We each took one of the the two games we were different last week. So we're coming down the stretch. It's rivalry week, right? So there's – Oh, it's going to get weird. Brother, yeah, I've already looked at it. It's it's going to be be fun. Don't miss tomorrow. No. Okay. Come back and see us again tomorrow. Thanks Thanks as always for listening, guys.